Good morning, everybody. Welcome to celebration service at Gaston First United Methodist Church. I want to say a special welcome, too, to those who are worshiping with us by live stream. Hello. Say hello back to us. Tell us where you're worshiping from and send us a picture if it's somewhere cool like the beach. But I'm glad that you're here with us today. And we have a special guest speaker, which I'll introduce her a little bit later on. And we got some great worship music lined up from our A-plus number one worship leading team. And, um, well, I have a couple of announcements to tell you. Uh, three o'clock this afternoon begins our first in a series of three sets of speakers uh, regarding uh, staying at UMC or disaffiliating from UMC. These are not debates. These are not votes or anything like that. It's just opportunities for you to hear uh, different people speak from their heart. This, this afternoon, uh, for this afternoon's sessions, we have Reverend Dee Dowdy from Rainbow City and, and Reverend Tammy Jackson from Aniston First. Y'all know both of them. I don't really need to introduce them to you this afternoon, but, but that's the way it'll be. The format will be kind of like this. We'll start out with three o'clock and we'll have the first speaker will speak for 30 minutes. Then we'll have 30 minutes set aside for question and answers. We'll have a break in between. The second speaker will do the same format, starting at 4.15, speak for 30 minutes and then question and answers, and then we'll dismiss. Okay, so that's that's the first opportunity that you have to to uh, hear about this, be informed. Another opportunity that's special coming up this week is our Bishop, uh, Bishop Deborah Wallace Paget will be at Christ Central on Wednesday night at six. She's going around to all of the different districts and she's sharing from her heart. So um, my Wednesday night class, I'm inviting to go down there. Youth and children will still be here and they'll be uh, eating pizza and doing youth and children stuff. All of y'all are welcome to come to Christ Central and hear what the bishop has to say. I want to go and hear what she has to say, so I hope that you will too. Now these, these sessions that we have on Sunday afternoons, one today, one on September the 11th, one on October the 2nd, okay? Um, these sessions, everybody's welcome. Invite your friends. You have friends at other churches that want to come and hear, then they're welcome, okay? Everything we do, though, we're going to do in a spirit of charity and cooperation, as we say in the Emmaus community, you know. And we're going to, um, and, and uh, Reverend Monica Harbarger, who's the executive director of United Counseling, is going to be speaking to us a little bit about that. Today. I don't know what she's going to be saying. She's preaching, so I'm not. And, um, but I imagine it's going to help set the tone for all of the stuff we do over the next five weeks, okay? Um, all right, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, I pray that you would help us to set about everything that's on our hearts that doesn't have anything to do with worshiping you because this is our time to worship you. So all of our worries about tomorrow, all of our regrets about yesterday, we set those aside. And for this time, we give it to you, to what your spirit would say to our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with me?
Everybody, it's good to see all y'all out here. Y'all are sounding really good in these old ears. Plus 
starts rising Even when the storm comes I am washed by the water Even when the rain falls Even when the flood starts rising Even when the storm Y'all may be seated, except for our children are going to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church today and have a lot of fun and learn a lot about Jesus. So there they go. I want to take this time to remind you uh, of different ways that you can stay connected and learn everything that there is to know. I know that there are a lot of things that will be going on for the next few weeks. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to download our church app. Go to your favorite app store, and it's free, and it's fun. You can't necessarily play games on it, but you can learn a lot from it. All of the schedule, all of the information, everything that we're going to be put out, you can get it on the church app. If you don't want to do that, you can go to our church website. The whole schedule and all of our announcements, our newsletter, past sermons, all of that stuff you can find on our church app. So uh, if you need help, don't ask me, ask Sheila. There's Sheila back there. <laughs> ask Sheila um, or, or somebody that, that knows more about technology than me. But if I can do it, y'all can do it, I promise. Um, you can give also online and as well as our offering plates here. Your support is needed for us to keep up the ministries that we have going here. We also need your prayers. Um, this is an uncomfortable time for all of us. Uh, just to make an understatement, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable time. It's stressful, the, the anxiety level is high, and, and that causes us sometimes to be reactive in ways we wouldn't ordinarily be. So we need God's grace to cover us like healing water uh, for the next five weeks, and we'll get through this as a family. So pray, okay? We have a prayer list that's on our um, newsletter. We have a prayer list that's on our website. So you can write on a card a prayer request that you want to send to us. We will pray. We have a prayer team that prays. But pray for each other. Um, I humbly request that you pray for your church staff. Okay? We are just kind of like, eh, sometimes. Your church leadership, who is also trying to do the best job they can. Okay? We all need your prayers. So will you join me right now as we pray together? God, we do need you. Um, we need your healing grace. We need your forgiveness. We need you to help us be our best selves uh, under times of pressure. And God, we know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we even ask or think. So help us just to trust. Trust you with our lives, with the future of our church, with our loved ones. And trust you, Lord, to take even these tithes and offerings that we give and use them for your kingdom's glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
what's empty There's a place you can be changed There's a God who knows you He's calling out your name Come on down to the river Come be washed in the blood And your sin will be forgiven By the power of His love Come be changed by the mercy That makes all things Monica, if you want to be making your way up there, I'll, um, I'll give you a little bit of an introduction. And it's probably a good thing I'm not preaching after that because I'd be making references to, Oh, brother, where art thou? And y'all probably don't need that. <laughs> you know that song, Down to the River? Anyway, uh, Monica Harbarger is director, executive director of United Counseling in Birmingham. And uh, it, I, I highly recommend 
anytime that you're feeling stressed out and pulled apart and, and need the help uh, of, of somebody to give you some, some counsel, I'm a client of United Counseling, so I highly recommend them. I'm a, counseling, I'm a client of counseling in general because we all need perspective. Monica uh, is also uh, ordained as uh, a deacon, and did I get that right? Ordained as a deacon in the United Methodist Church. Counseling was kind of the track she was on and, and also got a second calling to be in ministry. And um, I have heard her speak to annual conference group gatherings and things like that. So um, I know kind of what she's about. And I invited her to come and share with us today. And I look forward to it. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. It is so great to be here. And I... This may be one of my favorite sanctuaries I've had the pleasure of being in before. It is really gorgeous, so please don't ever take that for granted, uh, the beauty of your place of worship. I never take uh, lightly an invitation into a church's place of worship, this whole space, and especially as you guys are entering into this time of discernment, I'm really honored to be invited in um, and to share with you this morning. I'm going to be reading from the entirety of Psalm 46. So here are these words. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'll join with me in prayer. God, over these next few moments, as we work to settle our hearts, to quiet our minds, for those of us who recognize that our shoulders are up around our ears, God, help us bring those back so that we can relax. God, help us settle in to this place of holy worship. May we hear the words that we need to hear. May we recognize your Holy Spirit here with us. And God, as we leave this place, may we recognize the power and in the importance of being present in the pause. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So I have to confess to you all this morning that I don't really spend that much time in the Psalms as I do in other parts of our Bible. And it's only when I really have to sit with a psalm and study it and um, kind of uh, 
marinate in it that I'm reminded of just how truly beautiful they are. And I always end saying, I need to do more of that. I need to spend more time in the Psalms. But I'll tell you, every day that follows, I gravitate right back into the Gospels or the New Testament or these uh, really dramatic stories in the Old Testament, and I forget what these Psalms have to offer us. Because you see, the Psalms are a model for our life of faith. They teach us how to be in relationship with God. They teach us how to be in relationship with each other. We get to hear from these authors of all 150 of our Psalms that teach us from their wisdom and from their experiences of how to mitigate and how to live this life of faith that we are called to do. The Psalms are this beautiful expression of what it looks like to live together, to live in unity together. And they paint brilliant pictures, and sometimes those pictures are bold and dark, and sometimes they're really wispy and light, and sometimes it's just somewhere in between those two ends. But what they do is they give our hearts this voice, and they model for us what it looks like to be in relationship with God. And this particular psalm this morning has this sheer honesty and this really intense imagery it brings to the table. It paints a picture of natural destruction. We have earthquakes, and we have tsunamis, and there's violence between nations and kingdoms that were once so strong that seemed so fragile. You can almost feel the anxiety of being present. And it's not really that much of a stretch for us to put ourselves in that same place of anxiety, this fear of upheaval, this fear of division and destruction. But as you read through the psalm, this little word keeps popping up to the side. Selah. After every stanza, you just sit it, see it sitting there, floating all by itself. Sila. Now, sila is this word that we skip when we're reading. We don't uh, put it in our bulletins when we write out the scripture. It's often seen as like an afterthought or a footnote. No one really pays much attention to it. But it happens 78 times in the book of Psalms. And it's purposeful pause in this poetry that we're reading. And this pause is meant for us to reflect and to absorb and to have clarity on what we just read. So I'm going to read that whole psalm again. And this time, every time I get to that place that says Selah, collectively, we are going to breathe through the pause. We're going to breathe in and we're going to breathe out before we move into the next stanza. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the ocean, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Breathe in. Breathe out. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High, God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. 
God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Breathe in. Breathe out. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I'm exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Breathe in. Breathe out. You see, what happens when we honor Sila, when we honor that pause, our minds have time to consider the power of the words and the experience that we just had before we move on. It helps ensure that we're hearing what we need to hear and we're allowing God to be present in the midst. It is essential. This pause is essential in our faith development because it's only in this pause that we gain clarity and understanding and perspective and holy, holy presence. Learning to be truly present with God and with each other is a skill that's sharpened all throughout our lifetime. And there are so many things that try to pull us away from it, that try to distract us from this pause, from this presence, so that we have to be intentional. We have to do it on purpose. Be still and know that I am God. 20 years ago, when I was graduating from my um, master's program in counseling, to begin working just in this field of mental health, I was absolutely terrified. I didn't feel like I had wisdom or answers, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel like I could actually help people. I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. To be honest, you know, all of that is true. You don't know what you don't know till you start doing the things that you don't know. And I remember um, sitting down with the dean before I graduated, and he's like, Monica, tell me, what population would you like to work with? Do you see yourself really working with? And I said, oh, that is a good question. So I don't really want to work with the really sick, the seriously mentally ill. And really probably not so much with people who've been abused or really trauma of any sort, um, really not with anything of any kind of serious value. And he kind of laughed and said, so just people who are having a difficult Tuesday? And I was like, that sounds like something I could do. If you're just having a bad Tuesday and you want to chat, I feel confident at the end of my program that I can chat with you. Because I was too afraid of doing something in the midst of being in the presence of another person that would add more pain onto the hurt that they were already going through. But after about two decades in the field, what I've discovered is that the healing that happens in the midst of the presence of another person has absolutely nothing to do with our words. It has nothing to do with the skills that we have to offer. It has nothing to do with theory or practice. It simply has to do 
with challenging yourself to actually be present. And being present isn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of self-discipline. Because if you're gonna be present with another person, it challenges you to say less and to listen more. It challenges you to allow the silence to actually ask questions without you feeling like you need to ask the questions. It challenges you to reflect on how you can represent grace and mercy and forgiveness to someone else who is hurting. And especially in the times that we find ourselves in in the midst of our denomination, this pause is absolutely the most important thing to practice. Because when you pause, when you sit in it, it honors everybody who is in the room. And above all else, it honors God. It honors the stories that are being told. It honors the experiences that people have had. It actually even honors the fear and the anxiety and even the anger that is present. When we are purposeful and intentional about our presence, it helps us be curious about everybody else that is in the room. It makes us want to understand them better. It makes us want to be able to tell their story because we know it just as well as we know our story. It challenges us to put aside our assumptions and our judgments and our pride so that we can hear truly what is being said, so that we can recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit filling a place, even when that place is full of tension and anxiety and discomfort. Be still and know that I am God. Now this act of pausing in order to be present is an act of turning towards. An act of turning towards God. In marriage, you're turning towards your partner. You're turning towards your relationships that matter. You're turning towards your faith community. And all of this research that is done on relationships tells us that every time that we are under stress, our natural reaction is to turn away. That we internalize the stress, we internalize the fear, we internalize the anxiety, and we create distance between those who are trying to be there with us and for us. So you find yourself turning towards your phone or social media. You find yourself turning towards shopping or drinking or all of these other vices that all it does is ends up numbing us out. When in actuality, if we are practicing sila, if we are honoring the pause of those that are around us, we are called to turn towards. Because day after day after day of turning away, when we look back, we don't even realize how far away we have moved from each other. This painful distance that it sometimes is just unnecessary or very telling. Distance, I'm sure that you guys can feel today. I feel it very much within the places of my worship and my work. Distance that is grounded both in hurt 
and fear, but ultimately in grief. Be still and know that I am God. You know, after two, two and a half years of a global pandemic, you would think that we could catch a break at some point. You would feel like we would finally be able to take a breath and things begin to settle and things begin to return back to the normal that we want. But it's like every morning when we wake up, there's a new variant or a new battle, a new polarizing issue or new violence or new tragedy, new brokenness that is all around us. We just simply want to be able to count on one thing, just one thing that is unchanging, one thing that is consistent, one thing that is dependable. And when we feel that one thing begin to crumble, those moments where our anxiety and fear and doubt can take us down some dark places, what we end up doing is we end up scooping up the anger primarily. It's the easiest thing to grab onto. It is uh, the easiest emotion to latch onto, and that grief and that sadness and that fear is too sticky. Uh, there aren't really words for all of that, but man, man, can, I can be angry. And so we verbalize and we lash out and we divide and we dissect and we move farther and farther and farther away from us. And it's in those times where it's absolutely the most important thing that we can do is to come together, challenge ourselves to be present, to breathe in and to breathe out as one, and to be still and know that God is God. This discipline of Sila stretches us to really soak in the reality of God and who we are in God. So if we truly believe, if we truly believe God to be this divine artist and creator who not only took the time to weave together all of this creation, but to actually knit us together, and I think we all believe that, if we believe that this God also knows how many hairs are on our head, and this is the same God who can silence nature with a word, who can create something out of nothing, I think we all believe that. If we believe that God entered into this world to not only embrace the brokenness, but to reconcile our own brokenness, if we believe that God in flesh, as we know to be Jesus Christ, was able to calm a stormy sea with those very same words of be still and know that we hear today. If that is your God and that is my God, then the only thing that we can do and the only way to honor that God is to honor each other, to honor the stories, to honor the experiences, to honor the fear and to honor the grief that is in the room. And to sit as one and to breathe in, to breathe out, and to be still and know that I am God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you so much, Monica. I didn't introduce Joey to you before, but uh, her husband Joey is here with us today too, so you can can speak with him um, afterwards. And I want to remind you to stick around and have a cup of coffee at Hebrews after this. But for right now, um, I think the perfect song for us to sing is I Surrender All. Uh, so think about maybe what you need to surrender this morning. Maybe it's your anger or anxiety or, or whatever, or the idea that everything has to go your way. If you want to come to the altar and pray, you always can. But right now, let's stand together and worship. I surrender all.
Now, oh God, we trust that you will make all things right if we surrender to your will. So we surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we let everybody go, she's going to hate me for saying this, but this is a pivotal moment for our band. So, uh, 20, almost 20 years ago, Joni Smith started with the Celebration Service Band. And uh, so, yes, absolutely.